Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. Welcome into the third day of my birth month. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. This is Critical Think. What, what are you shaking your head at? What? Birth month, really? Right. It is my birth month. I, I, I'm excited to open my gift from you uh, later on in the program, by the way, Pat. Uh, you, you keep sending me stuff every single day. I got rock. Whatever, and whatever makes you sleep better. I guess I got I got a rock and some candy yesterday, Pat. No, you got rock and a candy ass. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It was candy in the shape of an ass. But yeah. what are you trying to? Well, you got to hammer the first day. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> so I well, can specifically a pink hammer, by the way. And then I. Promptly used it to smash up that candy ass. And um, that's what the rock was for. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See what I did there? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, as you can tell, we're in a little bit of a silly mood because I, I just. <sighs> we're going to. I just with the president's uh, speech last night, I didn't watch it. Frankly, I had no idea what time it was going to be on. More importantly, I had other things going on in my life. And I just I just can't even at this point. I just I just can't. Well, well hold on a second here. Hold mm-hmm. on a second. Mm-hmm. Let, let's let's make sure that we tell everybody the truth of the matter here. What? 
that so, I so actually Andy, had I actually had you know a life and um, needed to go to church uh-huh, for uh-huh, uh-huh. mass and uh-huh. men's prayer group. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. And, and Pat Oni was sitting on his ass doing nothing. Oh, was I? Was I? Mm-hmm. Uh, how exactly? How do you know this exactly? Because you sat on your ass and watched this. No, actually, I didn't. Wait, I had what? to cook dinner while I was doing this. How many times do we have to talk about this, Pat? Uh huh. You take the trash out. You mow the lawn. Uh huh. Um, you do some of the laundry. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't do some of the laundry. I do all of the laundry. And your wife cooks. Yeah, I, I, I wish that were my life, but that is not my life. You anti-patriarchal a-hole. Down with the matriarchy. Down with the matriarchy in your house. Down with the matriarchy. Dude, no, damn. I, I mean, I wish. I wish. Don't get me wrong. Because if here's the thing, if if I even remotely attempt to do that, I get the blah 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 blah, blah you know, just all that's crap. So no, so Andrew texts me last night and says, "Hey, can you watch this speech?" Mm-hmm. It made my ears bleed. You jackass. Yep, better you than me. That's hurtful. Is it though? Because um, my ears have bled plenty over the years. <laughs> so have mine. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean literally though. I you know multiple tubes in the ears and all oh, that fun oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, I mean, you just metaphorically have that happen to you. I, that's what I'm saying. Is I I metaphorically have that problem. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah, true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, with all that having been said, of course, we're going to talk about the uh, the wonderful speech, a.k.a. Hitler asked for me, and I'll explain why I say that in, in, in a little bit. But before we get there, Pat, Thursday is always a deep dive, and I think we have to deep dive on, on a topic here that many people are not picking up on right now. And well, this came because... What exactly? Hmm? Which is what exactly? Um, how the hell did we get here? Okay. And this specifically comes from the fact that um, I happened to catch an interview that Dennis Brager of Brager U and, and the Daily Wire and all that wonderful goodness. And I think he still hosts a syndicated radio show. I think um, he does. Yeah. He, he was being interviewed and it came on or around or just after the three-year anniversary of the hilarious moment on the Bill Maher show, right? Mm. And it had to do with, um, in in this segment, in the overtime, which is only aired on, like, HBO Max or whatever have you, okay? There, uh. It was Dennis Brigger, Rona Farron, and a few other people, okay? And... 
he was dealing with the claims of the left of, you know, um, America's racist, homophobic, transphobic, misogynistic, all this stuff. Three years ago, mind you. Okay. Mm. But I want you to hear the part of the clip because this is how far we have come in just three years. I, I'm just going to lay it out there like that. Okay, Pat? This is a, just one minute of talk from Dennis Prager, Bill Maher, and some other people on the concept of can men have a period, basically, right? Three years ago, Dennis Prager said the following. Green. To say that men can menstruate is a lie, and that is now, that is what is said. Check it out, folks. Check it out. Anyone who says a man cannot menstruate is considered transphobic. I missed this whole story. You did. I did. Tell me where you're getting this. Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Who is saying this? You're talking about a very small percentage. Oh, really? Then how do you allow men, biological men, to run against women in the races in Connecticut and set all the high school records? Okay, but that's... They're called men. No, no. The Nation See, magazine I wouldn't, said they're, they're, okay, they're women. Okay, but I would agree with you on that. The way you framed it is nonsense. What no, I framed it perfectly accurately. No, 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 you didn't. What you're talking about is, yes, someone who is transgendered was a man, now claims to be a woman, is a woman, okay, uh, is beating the dog shit out of other women in the race because, of course, they have more muscle mass. And even Martina Navratilova came out and said, this is ridiculous. You might not, you might as well not have women's sport. This is a far cry from saying men can menstruate. Three years ago, Bill Maher is saying nobody is talking about this. What the hell are you talking about? You're an idiot, Dennis Prager, for saying, well, you know, what he said, right? Right. That was three years ago, Pat. That wasn't three decades ago. That wasn't 10 years ago. Three years ago. You're crazy. What the hell are you talking about? Nobody's saying that. No, that's not a thing that you have to believe. That's the fringe of the fringe. In, in three years, that is the default position of the gender theology, the gender ideology, the gender studies crowd, right? If you do not believe that that concept is possible, you are a transphobic bigot. How the hell did we get there in three years, Pat? How? Because now Bill Maher would probably come back and tell you Dennis Brigger was right. Well, it would be easy for to say that you could use the phrase hell is empty for all the demons are here. I mean, it would, it would be easy to chalk it up to just that, right? But I think what this really comes down to is it's, this is the part of the cultural war that we're in. This is accept my ideology, accept my beliefs, accept how I feel as reality rather than the truth. 
Mm-hmm. We this is I think this is coming down to what is truth and what is fantasy. Yeah, and we talked is, about this as being mm. there's objective reality and then mm. there's subjective reality. And subjective right. reality yeah. is is to your point, accept my feelings, accept how I want to portray myself or accept this or accept that in and above objective reality. Subjective reality is here. Objective reality is down here. For those that are not watching on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, by the way. Make sure you're subscribed and uh, you'll never miss another episode of the show. Same with you on the podcast. If this is your first time, make sure you are subscribed. You've downloaded, you're rating, you're reviewing, doing all that wonderful goodness for us that helps expose this show to more and more people. So, yeah, subjective reality has to trump objective reality today. Right. But my so, question, but that, that doesn't necessarily answer the question of how the hell did we get here that quickly, where Bill Maher in three years would be going from laughing at him and telling him he's insane to agreeing with him. So I think, I think three years ago, you could make the argument that maybe this was the fringe minority. You, you, you might've been able to make that argument three years ago. Now, Today, you have companies that are advocating for this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have institutions like Vanderbilt University mutilating kids. You have um, other institutions that are advocating for queer and gender reassignment and all this sort of stuff. You have You have more of this now, and it's more of a topic more of an issue now than maybe maybe it was three years ago i i bet if you were to compare today to three years ago it is more of this not less that fringe minority by the way Mm -hmm. they got pretty loud in that three years so that that's where i wanted to take this up because three years ago yeah they might have been on the fringe but in Normal society, in the normal ebbs and flows of our society, right? Right. You don't get to this point, right? This inflection point of reality versus feelings, if you will, okay? You don't get to where we are that fast in a normal world, okay? We we don't get there as a larger society, in three years, we might get there in 30, maybe 40, because what we're talking about is sea change, right? We're, we're talking about going from post-World War II to the 60s hippie culture, right? Right. The, the counterculture, um, we're talking about this stuff happening over a generation, normally. There is nothing, by the way, normal about the concept of men can have a period because as Matt Walsh has pointed out, Pat, so brilliantly, you tell us there's no such thing as the binary of male and female, right? There's no such binary of man and woman. However, we also then must accept the subjective reality that the dude who chopped his bits off and decided to sprout boobs 
is now a woman. Wait a second, but that's the binary, right? Right, yeah. So Matt Walsh points out, Pat, right? We have to eschew the binary in our land, objective reality land, for your binary and subjective land. Wait, what? So the binary still exists. It's just that you prefer subjective reality to objective reality. I, I, I just... How do we get here? And I keep thinking this, Pat. This has been the long march through the institutions. Mm -hmm. These are the people 20 years ago when I was in college, right? These were the, you know... Um, the woven poncho, you know what I'm talking about, right? The yeah. kind of Mexican looking poncho wearing, smoking, uh, you know, smoking, um, uh, weed, listening to the latest Dave Matthews rip on, on Napster, right? Right. This was that crowd also making sure that they were the gender studies or the philosophy majors of the time. These are the people who created our generation, my generation. The the generation that, that graduated high school from about 98 to 2002. We are the ones who created this. In college, we sowed the seeds 20 years ago for this. So how do we get that rapid expansion? It's because there's an infrastructure. There is money to be made. There are grants to be had. Um, we, we saw this at, um, what was the name of the college? I can't remember off the top of my head. It is a pretty prestigious university. Like, if you saw the name, you would go, hmm, okay, that's an impressive title to, or impressive place to get into. Hmm. Um, there's a video that was out this week, Pat, of somebody in the student affairs or the dean's office removing a flag that was hanging from a window in the residence areas of the college. And the flag was like the thin blue line, the red line, and, and something yeah, else yeah. in the American flag, right? And then panning over and watching the trans flag still be able to be flown from a window of another residence. We get there because these individuals fervently believe in this like a religious cult. That's how... That's how America moves this quickly. And it moves this quickly because it's not just the academia. It's, to your point that you mentioned, it's corporations. It is the things that they, and by they, I mean the gender, queer theory, studies, crowd, okay? It is the things that they control. They control entertainment. They control media. They control the academic world. And I'm not talking about this in a Hitler-esque way. What I'm saying is that they're the ones in the positions of power. They're the ones with the influence. And they're the ones that are influencing BlackRock right now, right? Mm. That is how you get 
from Dennis Prager is an absolute moron to be laughed off the stage to he was right. He was right then, by the way, not just while well, he was prophetic. No, he was right in the moment that if you don't accept that, you're transphobic. No, I don't accept it because it's not reality. This is a this is a biological issue. This is not a a theory. And it's not political. No, in any way, shape or form. So when I look at these issues, when, when we talk about the chaos and the spirit of the age working its way through our institutions, through our society, all of these things, it is the, the stack upon stack upon stack of, of all of this stuff over the last 20 plus years. Because when I was in college, Pat, in 2000 to 2004, the... Democratic, the leftists in our college, were playing dirty pool with getting elected to the student senate. Disqualifying people that they didn't like for not even technically true, but for technicalities, right? Well, your you had your campaign sign up and then you had... Um, another person's campaign sign up, and then you had the GOP campaigning and sloganeering in the same spot. And you can't have more than one um, in this specific geographic area. Right. Uh, that was my campaign. That was somebody else's campaign. And then the, the GOP is putting out their endorsement. The college Republicans putting out their endorsement. Right. The very same other side of the coin didn't get that treatment, right? They were willing to play dirty pool in 2000, Pat. They were willing to do that in the name of what? Radical theories and ideas. And then when we pressed the issue, well, well there's still open seats in the, in the student government, right? So we got them to nominate us and and it was because we threatened to sue the shit out of them so they they agreed to nominate us put us back um all this other stuff and then shot us down anyway because why because our ideas were just so radical in 2000 um wasn't just that though pat they played so in the dirty pool aspect that um, they made public statements. They made statements through their or the, the colleges like media consultants and all this other stuff to the point where um, we had to hire or wanted to hire a lawyer. We had a very good case against them for violating our constitutional rights and more importantly, violating their own standards, right? So I'm telling this story because back in 2000, these ideological seeds were sown. This was stuff that they were willing to do on campus then. They, these people moved from campus to where, right? the corporations, the boardrooms moving their way up over the last 20 years. Their ideological bent has changed further left 
over the last 20 plus years. Their fervency, their willingness to do anything, say anything, and damn the consequences hasn't changed. They were willing to do that in college at the age of 19, right? What the hell makes you think that they're any different today? So for me, I look at it three ways, Pat. Number one, it's that the fringe has taken over. Number two, it's that, well, the fringe wasn't really the fringe. It was just, uh, they were just a little bit ahead of mainstream leftist thought. And number three, the people, they've sowed the seeds over 20 years. They have the infrastructure to be able to move these ideas faster than ever before in human history. I mean, everywhere in the West now, if you don't accept, we went from talking about and debating um, in what, 2015 or 2016, the care, the North Carolina bathroom bill, right? That yep. seems like a child's play to what we're talking about today. It, it, well, it is. It absolutely is. Right? In, in, and that was only eight years ago? Not even? Not even. Six? Six years ago, Pat. Yeah. So what What do we do with that, right? What? It's like, again, because I go back to, you know, hell is empty for all the, de- all the demons are here phrase. Mm-hmm. It, it's like that because because that has happened, it's almost like this kind of evil is moving faster now, spreading faster now. Because it, it's it's not only just infiltrated our corporations, churches. our academia. Yeah. It's, it's, it's infiltrated our churches. It's infiltrated our homes. Mm-hmm. So it's moving faster now. It this is basically a. Uh, I mean, call it for what it is, a fast-acting cancer in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it amazes me how quickly we can do that. But when you stop and think, huh, how did we get here that fast? It makes total sense because of the 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 culture we live in, right? It makes total sense. Like, I kind of wanted to play a game of, like, what do people on the fringe believe today that that in two years— you know what I mean? Like, hey, three years from now, what what thing would be radical to say that is true today or would be true three years from now, right? But I didn't want to go down that road only because, yikes, right? I mean, look right. at all the prophecy of the Babylon Bee, if you will, right? All of the headlines <laughs> of the Babylon Bee that have come true. Speaking of which, I think it is a great time to play the beer, not the beer. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, so today's headline. After ignoring attacks on churches and pro-lifers, media decides political violence worth covering again. After ignoring attacks on churches and pro-lifers, media decides political violence worth covering again. While you were thinking about that, Pat, um, please, folks, if you have an opportunity, if you're a coffee lover, I'm telling you right now, small batch coffee worth every dime that you pay. More importantly, I don't know about you, but I don't, enjoy politics left or right shoved down my throat. I just enjoy coffee. And it's really simple. There's a coffee company out there that just loves coffee, hates the politics. That is coffeebrandcoffee.com. Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code critical thinking at checkout 
you get 5% off your purchase today. Now, they've got an amazing variety of whole bean, ground coffee. You can get tea. You can get um, your velvety um, hot chocolate, your marshmallow hot chocolate. You can get all sorts of wonderful goodness over there at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Again, that's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code Critical thinking for 5% off your purchase today. Okay, Pat. So, do you need the headline one more time? One more time. After ignoring attacks on churches and pro-lifers, media decides political violence worth covering again. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with the, that being not to be. Because Are that's actually 100% kind of sure on that. Well, yeah. I mean... They've they've ignored things like like Brett Kavanaugh. They've ignored things like uh, stuff on churches and things like that in, in in recent history. Yeah, I I absolutely believe that. I I like they'll they'll look at the uh, summer of love where we had all the BLM riots as <coughs> something that's completely fine. I mean, we had that guy standing in front of a freaking fire saying it's mostly peaceful. And and so yeah no it's it's uh, here's the thing even if this is the Babylon B it's absolutely freaking true so I'm going with not the B well you cost us fifty dollars and I Damn. will agree with you it is the Babylon B again after ignoring attacks on churches and pro-lifers media decides political violence worth covering again according to the Babylon B following months of silence regarding threats and attacks uh, against churches and pro-life groups. Legacy corporate media outlets have confirmed the attack on Paul Pelosi warrants resuming coverage of political violence. Quote, <laughs> to anyone who doesn't speak out against this politically motivated attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, I will say only this. Your silence is deafening. Joe Scarborough of MSNBC addressed his viewers this morning in his first recent coverage of political violence amid several months of firebombed pregnancy centers and churches, an assassination attempt on a sitting Supreme Court justice and the running down of an 18 year old Kyler Ellingson in a truck for being a Republican. Scarborough's call for all public figures to directly condemn political violence has been echoed across other popular left-leaning outlets, most of whom who have not covered the widespread terroristic intimidation against conservatives for the last several months. CNN's Anderson Cooper spoke to viewers throughout several airports about the importance of confronting political violence, calling his own recent lack of a need to cover political violence bittersweet. Cooper expressed gratitude that no major political violence had occurred since January 6th, but mourned the need to address it again this week, ending his broadcast by declaring, silence is violence. Spokespeople and official social media accounts for NPR, The Washington Post, The New York Times, and other media outlets have confirmed that despite the interruption of coverage of covering January 6th violence to cover the attack on Paul Pelosi, they would resume their urgent insurrection coverage as soon as possible. CNN has already reinstated the January 6th death counter that it had temporarily removed to solemnize the attack on Paul Pelosi, vowing it would not, quote, pick and choose what political violence to cover, unquote, and citing the urgent need to cover all political violence without prejudice. At publishing time, corporate media outlets have expressed their commitment to going silent again once further political violence against Republicans, white pedestrians, Supreme Court justices, Republicans, young people, churches, and pregnancy centers resumes. Very good satire. Also freaking true. Yeah, I'm a little pissed about this one. 
I yeah, no, they, I mean, they got it dead on, right? They, they got her. They nailed the bleep out of this one. Yeah, they did. I, I just, um, yeah, I just, wow. And this kind of dovetails into the second topic that we wanted to uh, discuss today. And I think this was perfect. As a segue, Pat, because yesterday, and by the way, this article was on the 1st of November, so before we knew that the President of the United States was going to get up in front of us and and give a national address, right? Addressing the nation from Union Station in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, Pat, looked fantastic, right? It looked great. Um, There's just a problem. Uh Uh-huh. 99.9999999999% 99.9999999999% of the other days of the year, it is a desolate hellhole full of um, homeless people, drug-addled um, individuals, violence, um, excrement, you name it. Now, if you had been to Union Station any time prior to the last three years, you would know Union Station to be a really interesting place of shopping, of entertainment, um, of architecture, all of this really cool stuff. I don't know if you've ever been to Union Station in D.C. or oh, not. Many years but ago. Yeah, many, me many too. Years I, yeah, the last time I was in Union Station probably would have been like 2007-ish. I was going to say about 2000 for me. Yeah, 2007 for me. Um It's a beautiful place. It's an interesting place. It's different than most other Union Stations, right? Um, right. Now, and I say this for, given the Union Station here in Chicago, um, it's just different. Notice how clean it was. Notice there were no homeless vagrants wandering on, stumbling onto the stage after they just stuck a needle in their arm, right? Notice how you didn't address that. That they could clean it up for the president of the United States of America, but damn the rest of the citizens of Washington, D.C. and the travelers to our nation's capital. Damn you. Right. You're a moron. For for uh, going to Union Station today, because it literally is a hellhole. It's gone from beauty to hell in three years. I can't think of a better metaphor for what we just talked about and what we're about to talk about. Now, I did not see the speech. I didn't care to see the speech. I could have told you exactly what was going to happen in this speech. Of course, Pat, I wanted to get your thoughts having had to sit through that speech. Oh, well, you know, it really was a blah, 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 blah speech. I mean, it, 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 that's to really sum it up. It's that. And it was the subject matter was the midterm elections, democracy, and voting. I mean, first of all, how many times do we have to say it? We're not a democracy. We're not a democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. The distinction matters, and it matters why, Pat. Because a republic is something where, where you have representation. Whereas a democracy is a where you can have mob rule in terms of the will of the people, 
Right. It, That's the distinction. Yeah, the distinction matters because in a republic, mm. there's much more compromise, right? a much greater voice to the minority, right? Right. And to your point, democracy is just mob rule. It really is. And can you say, well, well, in your state, you vote for this and that or whatever. Right, I'm voting for a mayor, a councilwoman, or a councilman, or an older right. person, right? right. And I, I'm voting for all of those things, but that is my representation. I don't get to directly vote on this law, or that law, or this, or that, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, I, I don't understand how you can't frame the argument that our republic is in danger. And here's why they don't do it, Pat. Mm. Because that would that would harken back to liberty it would harken back to people in their mental rolodex going back to wait a minute the republic is at stake this is talk of the nation when you say our democracy there's there's not a nation that i shouldn't say not a nation but but in the mental rolodex right there's a distinction that's made in in how people would react to that terminology and it's purposeful right well, and, and to that point in the speech, I mean, he ultimately attacked Donald Trump for, for not accepting the election results in 2020. He attacked uh, what he calls MAGA Republicans. Um, it's mega MAGA Republicans now, Pat. Oh, yeah. He, he talked about that um, and how there are many that aren't committing to accepting election results. What was it um, 300 of them? Or is it I 200? I have no idea. I don't know the number. That's what he, he said. He, yeah. I, I I don't know I don't I don't remember the number, but it, it's <clears throat> it's one of those things. I'm like, well, wait a minute. If the election was stolen, why would they accept the results in 2020? Second of all, if you're having to talk about 2020 for the 2022 election, you're doing it wrong. Um, third of all, Donald Trump is not on the ballot here. He's not. And so if you're having making that argument, um, November second. So six days out of the election, right? <clears throat> you you be losing and you be losing bad. I mean, th this ba this speech was basically like a last dish effort to say um, we know what's coming for us. We know we're going to get our asses kicked, but we don't want to get our asses kicked at the same. It's almost like they can't handle it. They can't handle. I'm like, are you going to accept the election results when you do get your ass kicked? So, Pat, on the one hand, um, I get where what you're saying and and where we're going here. But what I what I struggle with is, do we go down the road of what about isms? And what I mean by that is, I know you are, but what am I? Right? Like this whole right. concept of yeah, but um, the. Attack on Steve Scalise, the attack on pro-life centers, the attack on pregnancy centers, right? Um, to the Babylon Bee's point, what about the running down of the 18-year-old? So you're a Charlottesville attack. I'll, I'll see you and raise you the North Dakota random attack, right? Um, I'll see you smearing Nick Sandman for the Paul Pelosi uh, conspiracy theory, right? Um, I, I'll see this to that. Um how about the FBI making a potentially dangerous group of individuals into actually dangerous individuals, right? It, it, what, what the hell in the Gretchen Whitmer case, right? 
I'll, I'll seed you that, and then I'll raise you, Pat. I, I'll put that chip in, and then I will raise you what just happened here in my state. <coughs> Do you see the mainstream media calling this out, Pat? Because in my state, we have Darren Bailey, a um, a family farmer who grew that family farm into a wonderfully thriving business, okay, from Southern Illinois, taking on J.P. Pritzker, a.k.a. Fred Flintstone, Mr. Lockdown for Evs. Um, yesterday, the Chicago Tribune finally reported on this. There was an arrest made after a Chicago man called in and threatened to murder and mutilate Darren Bailey just yesterday, Pat, and was hell-bent on carrying this attack out to the point where he was found with the weapons in which he wanted to do this on him en route to a Darren Bailey um, campaign stop yesterday. Nice. Not real. So, so on the day that the president of the United States is telling us right wing extremists and political violence is a only right wing thing, right? The left for the second time in a week has attempted to assassinate, hurt, maim somebody in the political world. And they did it to somebody of the left and the right, by the way. Did we hear Joe Biden call that out last night? I don't think so from everything that I've read. And yeah, I just. He so no, he didn't call that out last night. He didn't also, bring up Brett Kavanaugh. He didn't bring it like nothing. If, if it impacted the right, he never brought it up. Let's put about it that Lee way. Zeldin. Um, the governor candidate in New York having not one, but two assassination attempts in the last three months. Yeah, that never came up. Um, was it a unequivocal, all political violence is wrong from him? Mm. If in the very beginning of the speech, you would think that because he, I mean, he was talking about political violence in general. I'll, okay. I'll give him that. Okay. However, as the speech goes on, it shifts to Donald Trump. It shifts to mega moderate Republicans. Mega moderate like, Republican. But it, it, like he he's using those as specific examples. He's not using anything from his own side as a specific example. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he ran on being the uniter in chief, right? The, the person who's going to unify this divided and divisive country. He did. And and listening to to parts of that speech, you would think like, hey, hey, he's trying to unify the country, and and you know, saying God bless America and God bless our troops and all this sort of stuff. Like like there are elements there that I'm like, okay, this is something that someone that that you know wants to be uniting would say, but the crux of the speech was not. Mm-hmm. So I I like what Buck Sexton had to say about this, Pat. Oh, yeah. The Democrats who have been lecturing you for two years about, quote unquote, political violence were the same voices cheering on BLM riots across the country that lasted for months. And they're going to do it again. Remember that. And, and 
that's where I kind of like I think about the whataboutisms and the equivalencies and yeah, but you guys do this and yeah, but you know, so that's what I meant by like I'm gonna trade you, I'm gonna push this chip in, but I'm gonna go over the top with this one, right? Like this is the problem that I have with the president of the United States. Do I have a problem with him calling out political violence? No. No, no, I don't. But it is never political violence on his side. Hell, again, he cheered on the BLM riots. He cheered on as Antifa rioted throughout this country. Did he call off the dogs, so to speak, as political violence was being uh, perpetrated in the wake of the 2020 election? Nope. By the way, that was happening from the left, not the right. I'll, I'll let you have that one. But we're supposed to believe this is just a one-side issue. No, it's not. And no, it's, it's not. wrong either way. Unequivocally wrong. If you are of the right and you think that violence is the answer, you're wrong. If you're of the left and you think violence is your answer to the hatred in your heart for somebody who thinks a little bit differently than you, you're wrong. But for the president of the United States of America to get in front of us, and I mentioned this up top, <clears throat> this is one of the most Hitler-esque things I have ever seen in American political history. Because it's not happened just once, and it's happened twice in the last three months. He got up in, what, uh, early September, and now early November, right? <clears throat> or was that late August? One of the two. Doesn't matter. And attempted to paint a picture that benefits what, Pat? What, what is the benefit of doing this? What is the benefit to this? The benefit is to gain more power, more persuasion, more what? Control. The other benefit of this, Pat. Go ahead, Pat. Go ahead. I was going to say just control. Like, like this is what it comes down to. It's about their power and control at the end of the day. It's, it's slipping from their fingers. They know it. Therefore, they're trying to paint a picture about the other side that would suggest, hey, you should let us keep our power and control. Because if you don't, the fascists win, right? Except right. It's always the fascists that call other people the fascists. The Antifa is the most hilarious name of all time. For me. Right. Um, <clears throat> now, the other part of this puzzle, Pat, that makes this Hitler-esque for me is, what do you know about Hitler and how they came to power, how the Nazis came to power? They came to power by shiny object over here, right? We're going to totally abide by the Constitution. We're the constitutionalists, right? They they sold they sold the bill of goods to everybody in Germany, right? Sold them that bill of goods that we don't believe in political violence, we don't believe in this, and and it's our enemies that do the enemy at the gate, the communists want political violence and blah 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 blah, right? While they're committing political violence themselves. Right? While they're the ones setting the stage for that thing that they deride to the nation. 
So I ask myself a very simple question here. We've talked about this being about power and control. What would be the next step? What happens when they get their ass handed to them? Are they going to sit there and accept it? Well, no. How do I know that, though, Pat? Name an election over the last 20 years other than Barack Obama or the, was it the 2014 midterms that they accepted? They never accepted Bush one. They claimed that Bush, uh, Bush winning number two was wrong, right? And they claimed that um, they draped the flag for 2002 and the increase in the control and uh, demographics in the House and Senate in 2002. 2010, it was a bunch of racists and um, radical Tea Party, you know, tea baggers, right? Mm-hmm. There has not been an election that the other side has won that they believe to have been legitimate for the last 20 plus years. Not one. This was the setup of they're going to deny the election, right? Oh, they're already laying the groundwork. No, they're not. What they are laying the groundwork for is exactly the same thing you guys do, right? It's exactly the same thing where they're putting the boots on the ground to make sure that funny business on the other side isn't happening. You're just pissed that they're playing the same game you are. So at the end of the day, when I look at this as being Hitler-esque, what do I mean by that? I mean it is rhetorically setting up the the other side as dangerous enemies, right? The the enemy of the people. In in the Hitler situation, it was the communists, right? Those were the enemy, the enemy of the 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 Germanic Republic, right? And you have to put us in power, give us the Reichstag, right? Give us that so that we can fight the enemy of communism. In this case, it's mega MAGA, ultra MAGA Republicans, right? Notice how they they stopped using ultra. It's mega MAGA now. Mega MAGA, mega MAGA. Sounds like a freaking Power Rangers song or something. Right. Go, go, Power Rangers. Also, like I pointed out yesterday on, on Twitter, my question to the... The White House says, how stoned were the people that came up with this? And in which Mega Man were they uh, playing on the Super Nintendo? Because they're so hipster. <laughs> but, but do you understand what I'm saying here? The, the Hitler yeah, portion of this is they're painting the, the enemy, right? Their enemy as not just an enemy of them politically, but an enemy to the people, the enemy to the republic, the enemy to to democracy simple question does anybody really believe that that our republic is going to die instantaneously should the the republicans gain control do i believe that the republic is going to die instantaneously if the democrats were going to gain control no but i do believe that if the democrats were to get ultimate control we would see a totalitarian state unlike anything we have ever seen i i full and firmly believe the powers that be in the FBI, the CIA, the the intelligence apparatus, the media, right? They have the apparatus in place to do it. We don't. 
we would not have that apparatus to just suddenly become the authoritarian, you know, fascist state that they want to paint the picture of. We don't have that ability because we don't control the institutions. Who controls them? That's why this was Hitler-esque. Because at the end of the day, Hitler came to power by pulling the wool over the eyes of the people and using the levers of power that existed within the political, cultural, societal spheres, right? They they didn't they didn't do it by just taking and storming the Reichstag. They didn't do it that way. They played the long game and then stormed and set ablaze the Reichstag. Blamed whom? The other side for it, right? The Paul Pelosi. What do they do? Blame the other side, except for this guy is a radical Castro communist. What's the Steve Scalise, right? January 6th was an insurrection against America. Mm-hmm. Sure. Here's, but here's what's going to happen, though. You know, in, in about a week, when the Republicans retake the House and Senate in this election, mm-hmm. and they take pretty much a good chunk of the governorships across this country, and all the other local seats all coming along with it. Um, are we not going to see the left freak out to a point where I don't know if they'll riot, but I think it's a strong possibility, given just given recent history, and not accepting the election results. I bet you we see them not accepting the election results in about a week. Yes. On that note, Pat, uh, your final thoughts and and what is my gift today? Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And today, Andrew's on the third day of Andrew's supposed birth month, because apparently that's a thing now. Um, On the third day, Andrew gets a Baltimore Ravens jersey because his Green Bay Packers suck this year. Would that be a Jim Leonard Baltimore Ravens jersey? No, I was thinking more like uh like a Joe Flacco or a Ray or Ray Lewis. Maybe a uh, No, I don't accept. Uh, or or maybe, how about how about Lamar Jackson? Let's get to Lamar. Okay. Um eBay. Um Lamar Jackson Ravens jersey bid. And with that, please That's be smart, goal. be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew, 547. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm.